Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I am so excited I get to hear one of my very favorite preachers as we continue in Christology. Let's give it up for Pastor Liz. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Hunter. I am just glad that I get to share this word with you guys. And I am just so thrilled about the theme of the year. You know, if we can put it um, on the screen. It's Christology, right? I am just excited to learn Jesus and to know Jesus more. And let's review together the, the Bible verse that we are all learning. Let's, go to, let's put it on the screen, Revelation 1.8. And if we can read it together, it says, I am the Alpha and the Ahora en español, yo soy el alfa y la omega, el principio y el fin, Apocalipsis 1.8. What a um, relief that he is the beginning and the end. Just that scripture preaches the whole thing because he is my beginning was even before I ever was and he is already in the end. And I, have, I don't have to worry. Because he's everywhere. And so what are we doing together? We're what? Finding Jesus from cover to cover. Okay, say it again. Finding Jesus from cover to cover. Ahora vamos a decirlo en español. Descubriendo a Jesucristo de principio a fin. And today we're going to keep doing a little bit more about discovering Jesus. Are you excited to discover Jesus this morning with me? I am excited. Has anyone ever shared with you guys a better way to get somewhere? You know, here, like, especially in the Atlanta area, right? Like, I always go to the same coffee shop. I always go to the same um, Chick-fil-A for the kids. I always go to the same Starbucks. And I love it when my friends, like, tell me, hey, I, I discovered a better way how to get there. That is, like, nice to hear, right? Or when I am trying to do, like, a meal prep, which I hardly do, but if all of that, but someone tells me, I know a better way how to do that. Or I know a better way how to, you can clean those windows or a better way how to do this. I'm like, I'm all for it. But especially the driving, right? Because I want to get there the best way possible. And um, what I'm going to share with you is very interesting because... The Lord has been putting this in my heart to share with you, but it's something that I learned when I was in high school. And so I kind of pull, like, back from the treasures that I learned when I was in high school. If you're in high school, if you want to raise your hand, raise it high, raise it high. I'm embarrassing you, and it's okay. Okay. <laughs> and if you're in college, raise your hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So, guys, this stuff, I learned it through my high school and college years, and I really feel that if you get this, you're going to find the best way to live your Christian life. And so, sacrificial worship is the best way. Doesn't sound exciting? Sacrificial worship is the best way. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. And I want to... I get to teach a story that is, blows my mind all the time and is one of my favorite people in the Bible. And I'm going to be reading from the Old Testament. I'm going to be, um, <clears throat> you know, Hunter taught about the Tower of Babel. 
And so the next story is this one. So I'm going to kind of follow the order we're going with stories. So I'm going to be talking about Abraham. Exciting, right? So I'm going to give you a little bit of story about Abraham before I jump to the scripture I want to do. But after everyone won this, uh, was dispersed through all the place, God called a man, Abraham, to leave his family, his city, his town, and to go to a place where he was going to tell him where. So he got up and went. And so uh, then God promised Abraham that through him, he's going to bless him and, and have many children and, and the generations and it's going to be blessed. And he says, look at the stars. That's how many descendants you will have. Look at the sand. That's how many descendants. But we know that Abraham and, and, and Sarai, that was her name before, Sarai, they couldn't have what? Kids, right? So the years go by and God is promising this to Abraham and God is promising this to Sarah. And finally, finally God says, God comes to him and he says, hey, next year you're going to have um, a son. And then it happened, you know. They, 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 his name gets to change to Abraham and, and Sarai to Sarah. And so they have um, Isaac, which is the promise, the promise that they've been waiting, the promise of this many, many years of walking and trusting and believing. And it's just amazing, this story. And I want to start reading Genesis 22, 1 through 14. But if you do not know the story of Abraham... I encourage you to go and read uh, the chapter before that chapter because it's just so encouraging. So we're going to start reading, um, we're going to read 22, Genesis 22, verses 1 through 14. And while we're reading, are you guys ready? I want us to find Jesus together, okay? Because Jesus is so in this story. So, <clears throat> verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham got called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. So the first thing I see here, guys, is that God is always really clear where what he asks of us, right? Sometimes we're the ones that we don't want to hear. Because if that would have been me, I would have been like, I don't think I heard right. I was in the flesh. I was not in my best spiritual environment, right? But God says, take your son, your only son, yes, your only son, Isaac. No doubt about it right? So the next morning, Abraham got up early. Say, up early. Guys, sometimes we read the stories, but we really don't comprehend, right? So he just told him the night before or the day before that he needed to go the next day and sacrifice his only son, the promise, what he'd been waiting, the fulfillment of what God was doing you know, through him, that was Isaac, and he got up early to do it. I feel like I wouldn't be in 11.59 p.m., <laughs> okay, I'm doing this, but he got up early. 
He saddled his donkey and, and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, say looked up, and saw the place in the distance. Verse 5, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. Okay, what? Like, now you guys stay here because now the boy and I, we're going to go to worship. Crazy. <laughs> and then he says, we will worship there. And then we will come back. We will come right back. Isn't that like mind-blowing? But when I think about this and I think the way we live our Christian life, not necessarily nowadays in this culture of self-centeredness, but this is the way. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, we have the fire in the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering. Okay, this is crazy. But I already see Jesus in here. Because first I already see Abraham being a representation of God the Father that was willing to give his one and only son for you and I. So that's what Abraham, Abraham answered and they both walk on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up a knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham. I don't know. I don't think he was like, Abraham. I was like, Abraham. You know? And, and Abraham is like, here I am. Abraham replied, here I am. Don't let your, a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God, because you have not withheld, say withheld, for me, even your own son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up, say look up, and saw a ram caught up by its horns in a thicket. And this is who? Jesus. Because we, like, we didn't have to die. The human race didn't have to die, and, and a sacrifice was provided. So he took the ram and sacrificed as a burnt offering in a place of his son. Praise God that you and I did not have to die for our sin, or we don't have to. But Jesus died in our place. Uh, so Abraham named that place Yahweh Jireh. I want you to say Yahweh Jireh which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. 
I love this. Yahweh Jireh, the Lord, it means the Lord will provide or the Lord will see to it that it gets provided. Yeah. Or the Lord sees and provides. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? But where did the Lord provide? On the mountain. It, it, and it was literally on the mountain because Abraham was going up. And in our Christian walk, we always have to go up. He went up to worship and he looked up. But he was on a mountain and he's on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. So what does this mountain, mountain signify? And what I've learned and what I see here is that this mountain represents sacrifice and worship. Say sacrifice and worship. And, and what kind of worship? I'm not talking about music. That is part of it. That is an expression of worship. But I'm, ta I'm talking about a life of sacrificial worship. I'm talking about a lifestyle. And when we, I feel like the word worship, even the original English is worship. That it has, it, it really means acknowledging the worth of something. So as we live our life acknowledging the worth of Jesus, it has to look different. Now we gather together and we sing and you think, well, I'm sacrificing because the music is loud and hurt my ears. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking, I'm always standing next to this guy and he sings horrible and what a sacrifice. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about three things the way we live. And the first one is a life of obedience. Abraham obeyed immediately what God asked him to do. And it was, not, it was not a conversation between him and God. Are you sure this is what you want me to do? He obeyed immediately. In John 14, 15, uh, John, oh, sorry, John 14, 15, yes, if you want to take a note because I don't have that verse. It says in the New Testament to us, it says, if you love me, Obey my commandments. There is no life of worship without obedience. And love and obedience go hand in hand. There is not love without obedience. And there is not true obedience without love. Because if you love someone, you know you're going to make sacrifices. Because when you love someone, you're giving and you're pouring yourself without expecting anything in return. So I feel like the church, we have gotten very comfortable, but I, I grew up and I learned when I was 14 years old that I needed to obey God immediately. And this is the way. And we, when we don't care about obeying God and his commandments, then we have to go back to the cross in a place of encounter with the love of God. Because I do a lot for the people that I love. So where is your love? Immediate life of obedience. A life of obedience. The second thing, the second way of this sacrificial life of worship is life of sacrifice. It says in Luke 9.23, write it down because it's not on the screen. But I encourage you to go back and read these verses. 
It says, you must give up your own way. Take up your own cross daily and follow him. We give up our own way. We take up our own cross daily and we follow him. And there is no other way around. I love how, and we go to verse 5 of the main scripture. I love how Abraham tells the servant, stay here. Because this is my cross. This is what I get, have to do. You stay here. I'm going to go with my son because this is my cross that I'm taking. And the cross is very personal. It's your own. It's what you hear God telling you. It's not what you see other people doing because it goes both ways. Sometimes we compare our life with people that are not radical for Jesus and we're all good. But I want to be in a place where I'm never good because everyone is challenging me and everyone is going up. But I don't seem to be going up. But nowadays I see the culture where everyone is lowering down all the standards that the Bible talks about. So we are all comfortable. And we are just going to church and doing our Christian life. But there is no sacrifice involved. We are living the times when you have to sacrifice for Jesus and it's too much. Oh, I heard it, I hear it all the time. I don't think God is asking me that because it's too much. I don't think God will interrupt my life that way. I don't think God wants me to give this much money. He wants me to care about me first and my family. As in we could take care of our families. I feel like God would want me to rest a Sunday. So we're not putting God in the first place. We're not putting God as the Lord of our lives. We are choosing and taking. But let me tell you, there is no life of Christianity without taking up our cross, dying to ourselves, and following Jesus every single day, regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what even Christianity says. Where are the people that are willing to lay down their lives? And I want to talk about something. I never feel peaceful when God asks me to put something in the altar. I never feel peace when God says, leave your job, your comfort zone, and travel to a city that you don't know, pregnant, and we will see what happens. How do you feel? Not at peace, but I know this is what I need to do. Because what's not at peace is my flesh and my comfort and my convenience. Like what Pastor RJ preached, we need to get out of what's convenient. Because convenience is not going to take us anywhere. That's not where the power is. I, I never felt peace about God telling me, yeah, Liz, you're not going to live in Mexico. Just drop it. Well, he didn't say it like that. <laughs> you know, you had to give up your culture. And you had to learn English. And you had to read more in English. And you had to read the Bible in English. And you had to study and love a different culture. I was not, I didn't have peace. I didn't have peace when God says, I want you to lay down your career. I want you to lay down your career for the call of God in your life. 
I never had peace. And there are many stories. I never felt peace when God says, when I was in college, Liz, I want you to lay down dating four years of college. I'm like, did I hear right? <laughs> Am I being super spiritual? Am I over-spiritualizing? And this is what I hear. But God still wants us to relate to people. And if I'm over-spiritual, nobody who cares what people think. Who cares what your family thinks when you are taking your own cross and following him and laying it all down at the cross. God is moving. God is doing something in our nation. And I believe it's going to spread more and more. And it's going to be more powerful. But if we don't get Christianity right, this is not going to go far. We always, say, we always hear people saying, don't put God in a box, right? But what I'm going to tell you today, do not put sacrifice in a box. Because we like to put in boxes what's convenient. All I know is that when God is first, when I put God first in my life, before my, any of my relationships, even my husband and my kids, when I put my relationship with God first, I did not say I put ministry and all these things before my family. Uh-uh. My relationship and my time with God first, all my relationships line up. All my relationships. Because I am coming from the healthiest person ever. And then everything, my marriage gets in place. My kids... Get in play. I'm not saying perfect because not at all. Because <laughs> no, I'm not saying my marriage is perfect. But it's constantly being aligned by God himself. And some of us are so afraid to let go because you have your little control here. But how long can you do that? So we've talked about life of obedience, Right? Life of sacrifice. Now I want to talk about life of faith. And I see Abraham here trusting in the hardship. Wow. I cannot imagine. It's, like an ima it's hard to imagine, right? But trusting in the hardship, he kept moving up even if. We keep obeying God. We keep taking up our cross and sacrificing our flesh, our selfish ambition. Even if my prayer doesn't get answered. And even if I never get to the financial place I wanted to go. Even if my healing is still not fulfilled yet. Even if I can get pregnant yet. And I love what it says in verse 8. When Isaac tells him, we are going to sacrifice, we're going to worship, but where is it? Where is the sacrifice? And he says, God will provide. Yes, he will. 
God will provide what we need, what we are in hardship, still following, still obeying, still sacrificing. I know that there, there is, Jehovah Jireh is right there. And in Hebrews 11, 9, I love 19, sorry, it says, they are quoting the story of Abraham in the New Testament. And it says, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life. <laughs> or give him another Isaac, I don't know. But imagine the kind of faith, the kind of trust that Abraham had in God that even if I don't have this God can bring my son back to life the kind of friendship that they had is a kind of friendship that you can have Even if. But sometimes when we go through hardships, or when God is requiring something that's hard, we pull back because that must not be God. Because God is all good. And He is. But His ways are higher than we would ever understand. In verse 13, it says, Then Abraham looked up again and saw a ram cut by its horns in a thicket. Our provision in the mountain of the Lord, our provision as we live a life of sacrif a sacrificial worship is Jesus himself. Because he was the one that gave his life first for us. And some scholars believe that the same mountain area that Abraham was willing to give up Isaac is the same area that Jesus was crucified. Isn't it that amazing that God took the first step towards us and sacrificed it all for us? So when we are going up the mountain, now let me tell you something, I'm not going to lie to you. Going up a mountain is never easy as going for a stroll. You know, like sometimes I'm trying to say, oh, we're going to pack the kids, we're going to go for a hike. And I get there and it's like, oh, it's a mountain. <laughs> That's different. The preparation that you had to mentally do is different than we're going to go for a hike in this nature, whatever. Then, oh, we're going to climb... 3,000 steps, who knows what, you know? Then you brace yourself. <laughs> you know, you're going to need more water. And that's the reality with living a true Christian life. He always is calling us up. He's always calling us up. So when we are in this place of living this lifestyle sacrificial worship, our provision is Jesus. He is life. He is the bread of life. He is the hope of the world. He is the wisdom of God, the word of God, the healing, his forgiveness, his power. Everything we need. Jehovah Jireh. That's our provision. 
So we are going up this mountain. We are laying down our lives. We are obeying and we are sacrificing. We are trusting because we love him so much. But in this journey, you have the life of Jesus available for you. And you have the power and you have the love and you have the wisdom. So what is it that you are lacking? Are you going up the mountain of the Lord? Or did you give up when it got too hard? Or when he asked you for that specific thing, you did not want to give up? But if you are going up the mountain of the Lord and you feel that you're the only one, <laughs> you are not the only one. I want to tell you, keep on obeying, keep sacrificing, keep trusting, because everything you need is right there. You are at the right place. You're doing the right thing. You're walking a life of true Christianity. And people are going to sometimes look at you like you're doing something weird. But I found it interesting that sometimes living the life of sacrificial worship as a lifestyle goes against the culture of Christianity in this country. Not only you go against the culture of the world, which is dark and evil, but you go against Christianity that is convenient. And why should I live a life of convenience with my creator, the son of God, gave it all for me. So if you're young, if you get this, you're going to live a life where Jesus is your provision. And you get to see him every day. But maybe you got out of this life and you're like, Psh, I wasted all my life. Let me tell you that Abraham was 113 years old when this happened. And he had already agreed to have Ishmael, Ishmael, the great idea. <laughs> but we can always go back. And we can always go up. And we can always look up. close your eyes because what the Lord told me he wants to do is he wants to align us he wants to show you the path of sacrificial worship he wants us to be radical he wants us to be black and white all or nothing people for the King Jesus that's where life is that's where we're trying to find life. But the life is Jesus. We're trying to put our lives together, find the love, find a good family, find a good job, have a good degree, a good career. We try to have it all. But without Jesus, we can't have nothing. Like, we can't have life. And something that I want you to understand, the name 
Jehovah-Jireh was on the mountain of the Lord. God is just not a dispenser for whoever wants it whenever they need it. The provision is found in a life of sacrificial worship. But even saying sacrificial worship is too harsh. Sounds harsh. It does. So it was a cross that I deserved. So I first want to give an opportunity. If you're not following Jesus today, maybe you know about Jesus. Maybe you grew up in a place where Jesus was taught. But your life, you're not following Jesus. And you would like to follow Jesus again and be sold out for him. I want you to raise your hand and let me know if that's you. Say, like, today I want to follow Jesus for real. Okay. So as the worship team comes back, the way I'm going to end today this is we're going to worship together for a little bit, and I'm going to leave the altar open because that is your personal business. You know, it's your own cross. It's what you hear him telling you. And I feel like some people here need some kind of just getting back in track. But if you're living this kind of life, and you're feeling weary, or maybe you're not feeling weary and you're experimenting the life of Jesus, I want to tell you, God wants to give you more tonight, today. He wants to fill you more with His life and everything that He has for you. So I want us all to stand up. And I want us to just keep an attitude of worship. Because this is true worship. When we come and we lay down everything, invitation to the altar today is come up if you want to go up I want you to start coming I want you to start coming but I'm also inviting you to look up and to see Jesus for you in all his abundance he wants to provide for you what you need right now do you need healing do you need encouragement? Do you need peace? Do you need power for your life? Do you need wisdom for your family? What is it that you need? Come up and look up. Come up and look up. When the music fades And all is stripped away Jesus is here. His presence is here, the provider. 
There is room here towards the front. Meg, come up and look up. It's all about 
hear this gentle appeal from the Lord, if you have ears to hear it today. Some of us have been hoping, praying, believing, even expecting God to provide for us, to provide everything we need, sometimes to provide everything we want. But we wonder why we're not experiencing his provision like we could, like we hear others talk about, like we see in the Bible. And the Lord is showing us today through his word, it's because the ram was on the mountain. The ram in the thicket was on the mountain. It wasn't down in the valley. It wasn't just because God could provide. God can always provide, but he does provide when we surrender. Today, I just believe the Lord is calling us to surrender to him. And if that's been you, if you've been believing, praying, hoping God will provide for you, but you really haven't laid your life down and, and surrender to him, understand that's why you're not experiencing that provision. But he wants to provide for you. <laughs> he wants to provide for you. He is good and he is able to provide, but you've got to come up the mountain of surrender, the sacrifice King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Everything. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath. Let's sing that again with our hearts. He's the king of endless worth. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. We give it all, Jesus. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. Receive our lives today. I'll give you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You can have everything you ask for, Lord You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart We give it all to you, Jesus
It's not because he can't, doesn't want to, or won't provide. It's because our hands are closed to his provision when we're still holding on to the thing he's asked us for. And today, if he's asked you, if the, the Lord is asking you for something that you lay down, that you give to him, that you let go of, the way you're going to experience the supernatural provision is only if you do let go of it. That's what opens your hands to receive. The Lord is saying, come up on the mountain of worship today. And as you come up to worship me, come and let go. Come and release. Come and lay down. Come and sacrifice that which I'm asking you for. Then your hands will be open to receive the provision that I have waiting for you. The Lord is saying, don't expect to experience supernatural provision if you're not willing to let go. If you're insisting on holding on to that which I'm asking you for. Give it freely to me with faith like Abraham, knowing that even if you let go of it, I have the power to give you that back and so much more. We release things today in your presence. We lay it down. We lay it all down. We let it all go today. We trust you, Father. We trust you, Father. Like Abraham trusted you. We trust you, Father, to give you what you ask for, knowing that you will provide something even greater and even better. You're worthy of our trust, Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.